Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. We're excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield Approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield Approval is a game changer. And here's why Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And if rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, your rate also drops. So either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. It's Thursday, December 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, the very dapper Matt Argusinger. Hey. Decked out in a fabulous Christmas sweater. Thank you. Fabulous because it is a New England Patriots themed sweater, That's which right. is a little subtle, I have to say. And I, I get that this is an audio podcast, but the videos show up on, on our YouTube channel. And, right. and uh, you know, as, as holiday sweaters go, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, the Patriots have some good. Christmas colors, you know. Yes. Well, you got the the red, you know, white, things like that. The blue is a little overwhelming, but that's all right. But yeah, I got to support the hometown team. Exactly. Uh, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to talk entertainment. We are, however, going to start with the Fed. On Wednesday afternoon, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the fourth time this year. They raised it by a quarter point. For the life of me, I don't know why anyone was surprised by this. But you look at the coverage, and it really seems like some people are saying, "I thought they were going to go the other way." Yes, I mean, <laughs> no one should be surprised that they raised the Fed funds rate again. Um, I think what the market was was hoping for was maybe um, a meaningful shift in the language and the approach. You know, moving away from this gradual rise in interest rates towards a, I don't know, wait and see mode because the market's volatile, sentiment's gone bad. And you know, if you go back to the late '80s, I can see why the market kind of expects this. If you go back to the late '80s, you know, Alan Greenspan becomes the Fed chair, and there there became this idea, and I think it happened around the time of the '87 crash. But Fed stepped in with a lot of liquidity at that time, and I think it became known as the the Fed put. I think it started out as the Greenspan put, but then it became the Fed put, and well, the Bernanke put. And the idea that when market when markets go down. Sentiment turns bearish. That the Fed is kind of there for the rescue. It's going to come in and maybe um, even lower rates in certain circumstances, or at least not not continue raising rates. And so the surprise I think for investors was that the Fed didn't shift more to that mode. The Fed just said, "No, you know, we're raising rates again." They did say we might not raise it three times next year, maybe just two. But I think the the investors were really hoping. They're going to pay attention to this market. They realize things have gotten volatile. They're going to become dovish, quote unquote, dovish, and they didn't. And I think that's I think that's actually a good thing. Yeah, I I do too. I it's um, it reminded me a little bit just from a stock perspective. We we talked recently, I think, on Motley Fool Money about um, the investor day that Under Armour had and how the stock you know dropped off following that because. Kevin Plank and his team were were um, pretty conservative in their guidance for the foreseeable future, and that was one of those things where I I, I actually, and I'm a shareholder who's dramatically underwater on that stock, <laughs> but still I looked at that and I thought, okay, that that seems like the sensible move. I'm glad they're doing that, and that was sort of how I viewed this. Like I get that the market sold off, but I just thought this seems like the sensible move. That's right. I mean, the Fed should be focused on the economy, employment. Inflation, things like that, and by all their measures, it's it's time to continue raising rates. And so I, I like the fact that the Fed's not taking into account the stock market or investor behavior. That, that shouldn't be doing those things. This is all short-term volatility, and so you want the Fed in place to kind of manage the economy over the long run. I think that's exactly what they're doing. Right. Well, and to the the history that you shared, I mean. 
I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but here's what I know about the unemployment rate in 2008 and in 1987. It was higher. Yes. It was definitely higher than where it is today. Yes. Much higher. So, in terms of the volatility that you mentioned, in terms of you know this move by the Fed, where do you find yourself looking? For stocks, because that's, I think there are investors who look, we've all gotten used to a wonderful, generally upward trend over the last 10 years or so, and that's been great. But now I think investors are thinking either, I would, I would like to find some stocks to temper the volatility that I see just so I can sleep better at night. But then there are others who are saying, hey, this volatility is my friend. And I've got cash on the sidelines, or maybe cash that's been built up because of dividends, and I want to do some shopping. Volatility be damned. Yeah, I I am a little bit on the latter. I and my approach is, you know, like I hope a lot of our listeners approach it as. I've got my watch list, or I've got my buy list on the side. Companies that I I know a little bit about. I've heard things good good things about companies I believe in, and stocks I just want to own more of, and I want to do it. I want to buy when. Times are volatile, and so you know, I look at the. I think the market right now, as we tape, is is down another one percent on Thursday, and so the S and P is off about fifteen percent from its high. That's a pretty big move. That's something you know. It doesn't quite happen every year. It probably happens every two to three years. And so this is this is one of those moments as an investor where you think, okay, this is sentiment has definitely changed. The stock market is off quite a bit. There's probably a lot of bargains in stocks that I'm uh, looking at. So. I've done some buying the past few months. I kind of started buying in October. Uh, you know, I probably jumped in a little too early, like all of us did. But I started buying in October. I bought more uh, over the last couple of months as well. But if you look at the stocks I bought, and I'll just list out a bunch of them: uh, Vale Resorts, which is a, a company I've owned for a long time, know well, and it's off about 25% from its high. It's one of, the, in my view, one of the best hospitality resort businesses in the world, um, and I've, I've loved owning it, and I've wanted to buy more. A company like Axon Enterprise. Which is the formerly known as Taser, a company that you know specializes now more in body cameras and their Evidence.com platform, doing a lot of things to help law enforcement be less violent and actually more evidential in their you know in their practices. And there's a subscription aspect to that business, isn't there? That's right. It's 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 cloud-based, and so it's not just hey, we're selling you the equipment. Right, right. There's the the Evidence.com cloud platform where all these videos from. Police recordings are uploaded, and you know, police forces, um, lawyers, attorneys can can access them and use them for court proceedings. It's 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 really become this ecosystem around the criminal justice enterprise in the U.S. and hopefully beyond. Here's a few more. Again, this is an eclectic mix. Live Nation, um, one of the premier uh, live concert and events businesses in the world. Kind of how artists are moving towards nowadays, away from selling records and albums, which really is, can't make money anymore, and doing more live performances. And Live Nation kind of has, with with its Ticketmaster property, almost kind of a virtual monopoly in terms of big concert events uh, around the world. Uh, and then uh, a couple of companies, just because um, I love David, and uh, these are two of his favorites right now. Take Two Interactive, video game company that I know David loves, and Okta, which is a company I hadn't owned previously, but uh, a company that is uh, kind of revolutionizing the way we manage our passwords and logins around so many different apps and things that we use these days. So those are a few of the companies I bought. I've also added to my position in Alphabet and Amazon. Um, Amazon might be a surprise, but I, I do think this because uh, I bought it so many times in the past. But it's one of those companies where, man, it's off. It's off for thirty percent from its high, and I think right. it's one of those ones where 
this might be one of those last times you get it below one trillion in market cap. So I'm uh, I'm interested in that one. Um, you, so uh, you mentioned Okta. Just one thing on that because yeah. we we talk about Slack and how we use that at the office. We also use Okta at the office, mm-hmm. and it's it, it is a fabulous platform because, like you said, it just it just keeps all your passwords in one place. Oh, it's so it's great. And, tool. and great given tool. all of the different things that we need passwords for, it's a it's a phenomenal business. Um, so we were going back and forth on Slack. I don't know if you want to pull back from this, but you said uh, you wrote. Uh, I also have one stock idea. Yes. That I think is a, and you put this in quote, can't lose at its current price. Right now, look, <laughs> we're not guaranteeing anything. No, I can't. No, we're of not, course not. But I, but I, and you haven't told me what it is, so I, I am curious. Like what? I, when you put that in quotes, I take that to mean, look, <laughs> I'm not saying this thing is a guarantee, but this thing is so attractively priced yeah. right now. I, uh, yeah, I usually don't do this, and it's rare that I f- really think this about a company. But I do think this is a can't lose, no brainer investment, and it's one we all know. But Berkshire Hathaway, so a company I'm sure a lot of our listeners have owned at least at some point in their investing career. But if you look at Berkshire Hathaway, um, a couple things really stand out to me. One, there's this dynamic with Berkshire Hathaway that always kind of gets undercounted in the market, which is their look-through earnings. It's what Buffett calls his look-through earnings on a lot of his stock investments. Uh, so, there's some math involved in there, but basically, you can add about five dollars a share in earnings. I'm using the B shares um, to Berkshire's earnings, um, earnings per share, um, by looking through those the earnings of its stock investments, its minority interest in, in stocks like Wells Fargo, American Express, Apple, um, and if you do that. You add that five dollars. Berkshire is trading for about twelve times earnings right now. That's if you add the five dollars. If you add the five dollars, um, which is um, you know below significantly below the market multiple right now. Um, but here's here's an even better reason to be excited about Berkshire Hathaway. We know Warren Buffett's had this policy in place for a while, where he's buying, he's repurchasing Berkshire shares at about one point two times um, Berkshire's book value. Well, he modified that proposal a little bit last August um, when he said, you know what, we're we're actually buying shares today because we've we've kind of modified our book value approach to be more of an intrinsic value approach. We're looking at the intrinsic value of the company. We think it's attractive. We're buying shares today. That was back in August. And if you look at the book value multiple at that point, it was about 1.3, 1.4 times book value. So if I just use 1.3 times book value, that puts Berkshire's book value per share at a, on the B shares at 198. It's trading right now at 193 as we tape. So I have no doubt that Warren Buffett's out there buying back Berkshire Hathaway stock right now. So you take that into account. You've got this. You've got Ber- you've got Buffett buying. He thinks it's attractive, and you have a business that's probably going to grow earnings eight or nine percent a year. I think buy Berkshire today, and um, you know full disclosure, I have. I think you earn ten percent a year annualized, and it's a no brainer. It really is. Um, and so. Again, like all stocks, Berkshire Hathaway has been hit. It's been hit in this market volatility, um, but it's one if you're if you're a little nervous about the volatility and you want something that's a little more conservative but still offers pretty great upside. I think Berkshire Hathaway is one to look at. So Buffett is famous in recent years for talking about the amount of cash that they have, his appetite for acquisitions. He refers to it as his elephant gun. He wants you know wants to go out and he wants to buy something. Yeah. Do you think at some point because I remember it was. Maybe I want to say maybe like six years ago, maybe seven years ago, where the whole um, the announcement that you mentioned from Buffett. I think that's when he was talking about like here, here's the pathway for us buying back our own shares. If it's one point two 
a book. Yeah. Um, do you suppose at some point in the last couple of years, because they haven't really made a big acquisition, that his good friend and colleague Charlie Munger just like, you know, barked at him one Gets day? Gets him in a room and says, "Hey," and just say, "Look, man." Get off the one point two book. Why don't you just buy some more of our shares? Yeah, I, I I totally think you're right about that. I think he's probably looked at the market over the last several years. We've had this relentless bull market, a lot of valuations in the market not friendly, and certainly to where Buffett and Munger like to buy. So, what's been the best investment? Berkshire stock. Uh, so we were talking about the Fed raising interest rates. Uh, yeah. That ties nicely into our friends at Quicken Loans, who are trying to help out people who are trying to buy a home these days. Quicken Loans has the power buying process. It works like this. They'll verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. and That gives you the strength of a cash buyer. And Once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And The best part is, if rates go up, like they did yesterday, and that they're probably going to do at least two more times in 2019. If you're, uh, if the rates go up, your rate stays the same, and if rates go down, your rates also drop. So you win either way. Just the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to RocketMortgage.com/fool. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. And NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Now that is a a real can't lose situation right there. Yeah, it is. I can't guarantee anything with Berkshire Hathaway, but that that sounds like a can't lose. Yeah. Well, and it also seems like Jerome Powell over at the Fed is like, yeah, here's what I'm going to guarantee two more rate hikes in 2019 (laughs) minimum. Uh, Quick shout out to Sam Muffley, our man in Queens, New York. Uh, Sam is helping out with a fundraiser today at Hassenfeld Children's Hospital at NYU. They're having their first annual radiothon. So if you're in the greater New York City area, tune in to 106.7 FM at some point today. They're trying to raise a little money. Actually, even if you're not in the greater New York City area, because a lot of children's hospitals across the country do these types of radiothons at some point. Also, shout out to Isaac Mellon, our man in Wausau, Wisconsin. It's his birthday today. Hey, happy 25th to Isaac. Happy and Isaac, you can thank Sarah for dropping us a note. She is definitely on the short list for the title of coolest wife ever. Our email address is marketfooleryatfool.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at marketfoolery. Question from Vikas, who writes: IGE went public at eighteen dollars a share. It went up to forty-six, and now it's down to fifteen. What are your thoughts? Perfect question for Matt Argusinger, who probably watches IGE, aka the Netflix of China, more closely than most anyone in this building. I'll just before you share your thoughts, I'll tell you my shots as someone who's not a shareholder, but I do have this stock on my watch list. Boy, this looks cheap. Fifteen dollars mm. looks really <laughs> enticing. Well, because I would, I, my my first response is like I am, I'm right there with you. If you if you if you've owned it, because I, I bought the shares the day of the IPO. Actually, around uh, it was it IPO'd at eighteen, it kind of fell a little bit below eighteen on its first day. But so I wrote it all the way up to forty six. Yep, and I've written it all the way back down. <laughs> and in fact, you know now it's uh, it's below my cost basis at fifteen. So um, I. All I can say is, I just think with IGE, with a lot of the foreign listed Chinese companies, I mean, the sentiment just really couldn't be worse. I mean, it's probably as negative as I've seen 
in, in the years I've been following Chinese companies. I really can't remember a time when it was worse. Um, and then you you know couple it with now, uh, we're you know we're seeing all this volatility in our own market in the U.S. where a lot of these companies are listed. Um, it's just it's just in, you know pounding more on the downside. It's just been really rough. Uh, but IGE, I mean, you're still talking about a platform that. Um, uh, crossed 80 million subscribers at the end of September. That's up almost 90% year over year. You've got subscription revenue growing faster than content costs, which is something Netflix can't even claim most of the time. And I mean, you've got some of the most watched shows in China. I, it is China's leading streaming company. I, I don't think it's done anything to deserve falling falling 60% from its high. It also probably didn't deserve to be at $46 a share either. So something there's somewhere in the middle where I think IGE probably is going to land. Uh, but yeah, to, the, to Chris, your last point, I just good for you if you've had this on your watch list because this business has only grown bigger. Um, there's no doubt probably within the next few months they they cross 100 million um, subscribers, which is extraordinary given where they've started from. And uh, at fifteen dollars a share, I'd say I'd say yes. If you've got a sleeve in the risk side of your portfolio, the more risky, growthier side of your portfolio, definitely give IGE a look. Well, and Seth, Jason, and I were talking about this the other day. Just the idea of you look at your portfolio in terms of how you're allocating your money, and uh, yeah, if you've got the appetite for it, you can start small. And I did that with just sort of at some point years ago, I took what amounted to maybe 2%, maybe 1 to 2% of my portfolio and said, "Okay, I'm going to take a flyer on something knowing full well this may go to zero and just sort of, you know, and for me anyway, that mentality helped because mm-hmm. I same sort of thing. Watch this stock go up. Watch it go down. It's just like, all right, yeah, all right. I'm just watching it. I'm not, <laughs> not really counting so much on it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, at 15, I may have to take a flyer. Take another flyer. Have to take a flyer. Uh, programming note: This is the last full week of 2018 for us here at Market Foolery. We're going to have a couple of episodes next week because Christmas, and then we'll have a couple the week after that because New Year's Day. Uh, and then uh, the first full week of January, we'll be we'll be back at it. Uh, that will mark uh, that will actually mark our eighth anniversary oh. for this podcast. All right, congratulations! So let's uh, maybe we'll have cake or something. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, Matt Argusinger, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. I'm all for Christmas. All the happy smiles and the wishes. And I want it all from the lights to the mistletoe. Tell me one thing. Is there anything that you're missing? I will keep you warm as soon as you remove that snow Whatever we do, we will be alright These holiday wonders will open your mind May all your wishes tonight come true The love I live, the dream I knew This Christmas I only wanna be close to you
Christmas 